Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. Yeah, we got we got kind of a touchy subject today. Um, if there are young kids, just skip oh, this. Yeah, episode. might want to. Yeah, to. <laughs> and if if um, you know, there might be some people who find it really uh, offensive. I mean. I guess if you're a victim of sexual abuse, I probably wouldn't listen to this podcast. Yeah. This episode. Yeah. It, because it's it, just a touchy, emotional We're going to talk about some things that a lot of people are very unwilling to talk about. Or in a way that they're unwilling to talk about. But I guess this is where this is stemming from. Um, one of the Catholic newspapers or whatever talked about... Uh, McCarrick. Is, that, is, that, is he Cardinal? Cardinal yeah. McCarrick or just Archbishop? Well, he's, okay. he was Cardinal McCarrick, but I, I think during this time well, he's he been, was just an Archbishop. He's been kicked out now. Somewhere, yeah. Okay. But he was in Washington. Well, he's. it never stopped with him. It's not like there was a time that he did things. There's a time yeah. that we could prove he did things. But one of the big things is that he was taking advantage of his time in the seminaries to go after seminarians. And uh, one of the articles I I looked at, one of the articles I looked at, and I'm assuming there are a whole bunch that I didn't look at, described this as preying on young seminarians and used the word prey and predation and predator several times. Mm-hmm. And right. since then, this subject gets brought up in various uh, podcasts, podcasts that I enjoy listening to. But I keep hearing this word predator, not describing young boys, but describing young men. Seminarians. And, Which, yeah. How old do you got to go to be in a seminary? I, I think there are there may be places where you might be able to get in if you're 16, I think most of the places in the United States, you at least have to be graduated from high school, which typically 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And I I have a hard time calling a 18-year-old man who has had sex with an older man a victim. Maybe victim in, to the point where he was somehow seduced or manipulated, mm-hmm. but... Right. Not the same way that we might call an 18-year-old girl a victim. Right, because there is a weakness uh, in girls. There's a, I, I don't mean, you know, just physically, although physically is part of it, but... Um, it, it's there mentally, too. I know yeah. nobody wants to admit it, but it's there. And it's it's there to see... Their natural uh, way of looking at an old man is uh, one of trust and and uh, kind of the the idea of fighting with them is kind of naturally uh, repugnant. You know, yeah, they I mean, just, even if they're even if they're surprised at what they're doing or think that it's inappropriate, they they don't want to think it. That's that's why women tend to you know in situations like that. They talk about having some kind of feeling like it's their fault somehow. Right. And that's why they don't 
fight back. I, I don't think men are built the same way. I mean, right. you might once in a while hear, you know, a man, feel, you know, giving those same kinds of stories. I, I haven't heard them, but men aren't built the same way. I, yeah. I could just say that as a man. And I even go back further. I mean, I try to envision when these stories come out, and and, and I guess the reason, here's the thing, when, when the stories about the priests come out, we know what the media does. Every priest who touches any minor is a pedophile. And we know that's not true. Yeah. I mean, uh, most of them are natural. just gay. <laughs> that's true. That's right. That's right. Most most of the priest the priest problem is that is all the gays that have been recruited to the priesthood and because of the atmosphere of sexual license a bunch of them are also pedophiles. That that's really what goes on. Or at least there's a word for someone who's goes after post-pubescent boys as opposed to pre-pubescent uh um, pederast. No, it, it's... Um, I'm talking about... Uh, hold on. Hebophilia. Say that again? It sounded like you said pedophilia. Heb. H-E-B-E. Oh, hebophilia. Okay. Which which is probably... I mean, you know, it, it's just a, a, an extension of... of um, now, they're describing that as uh, persistent... Sexual interest in pubescent children, and then there's um, so it's right around that age. There's even later, like like just post pubescent children, which would be called ephibophilia. I hate uh, these words because I my what? my inability to pronounce <laughs> words just comes out and shines you. E p h e B O P H I L I A, ephibophilia. So this is post pubescent or just after pubescent, whereas um, hebophilia is during um, uh, puberty. Okay. And most of what is in the priesthood is, you know, maybe heba or ephebo. Which I think both of those are basically just like extensions of of being homo. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's like there's a lot of guys out there who are, are for the most part, normal. uh, But, you know, they're they're interested in, in, you know, college-age girls, say. Um, Which is a big thing. Some might cast their eyes on high school-age girls. Not the same as little girls, but... You know, 16, you, you, you've got that phenomenon 16 going on 25 kind of thing. Yeah, 16 going on 30. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's that's a normal part of sexuality is to look at younger people. Now, I, I don't even know. I'm not going to say that because, like, the weird thing is, like, the older my daughters are, the less... Uh, I the less I find younger girls in any way attractive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like they're always older than my daughters. Yeah, if I were even going to glance at them. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
it's a normal thing. No, I know if men talk about college girls, that's you're not going to call that abnormal or sick. Uh, Maybe uh, you know, loose. I I don't know. It's not good, but it's not abnormal. And so, if the same thing happens in the gay community, um, the problem is that even while men might have eyes for college girls or even high school girls, there's a big difference between that and actually trying to get and and take advantage of those girls to have sex with them, right. which is what right. these priests are doing. They're yeah. they're going beyond just looking at young boys. They're going after them. But I start to think, well, when I was, I, I don't even know what age I could go back to, but I know that when I was 15 years old, if an older man had tried to touch me, I you punched him. <laughs> yeah, I would have, I would have I caused a great big stink over it. And so they say things like, well, you know, they go after boys who don't have strong fathers or things like that. But I've often wondered about this. When is a boy a victim if he's being groomed and then abused by an older gay man? What At what point is this just him falling into something he was probably going to do anyway? Mm-hmm. And at what point is it actual abuse? I, I don't hear many people talking about that. Yeah, that's... Well, you know, that's I we should be clear because it it may come off sounding at this point to our listeners like we're suggesting that um the problem in the church as involves like McCarrick and seminarians and and I'm sure, you know, that's 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 not the yeah. only example of that happening. Right. Um that well, we shouldn't it may sound like we're saying we shouldn't be hard on McCarrick for that. Oh, well, right. so it wasn't it wasn't uh pre, it wasn't predation. No. It, it you know, it, it wasn't it was uh, just um him liking younger victims men or whatever. Yeah. And and the and we should be clear that's not what we're saying. We're not saying that therefore we should go easy on him or that what he did wasn't real bad or something like that. It's just Not to that, mention the fact that McCarrick did go after kids. Yeah, and yeah. if I understand it right, he went after prepubescent kids as well. So I, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to downplay that, but it does bother me when I hear it reported a certain way, and it's not really that way. I, yeah, I just I have a problem when people bend the truth, and yeah, even if me, the truth bending seems like it's, you know, making the point that you might want to make, it doesn't right. do any good. <clears throat> Right. And another point part of this is that eventually um, the secular media is going to talk about these things and say some of the same things I'm saying. You know, nobody would stick up for a priest at this point. But when Pope Francis, um, after this this big uh, this big thing he's having, the uh, synod. The World mm-hmm. Synod, whatever the hell it is, um, I think he's going to come out of this and support homosexuality. And when that happens, I think the media is going to start reporting these things in a certain way yeah. that we ought to be scared of. Yeah. I mean, because the media will say, "Oh, 
McCarrick's actions, he was just have it was just you know normal stuff between consenting adults in the seminary. Yeah, that's that's how they're going to portray this, and that's not and so what we ought to be in front of it by calling it what it really is, so they can't change it. Yeah, so I guess that's why we're even approaching this subject. So I guess you know the start of our question is. When does a boy become a victim uh, in terms of being seduced by a man or a woman? And and is it different for a man or a woman? Because if if you found out your high school age boy had some kind of fling with a female teacher, um, your reaction is probably you're not going to call that abuse. You're going to call a woman maybe a little bit crazy and something's wrong with her. But you're not going to claim that your boy was molested. Not in the same way, yeah. Uh, that, if, but that same boy being touched by an older man, uh, even if he yeah, it's quote, consented to it, there, there's it's going to be different. Um, but the thing is, that's what they're going to try to erase. The fact that it is different, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why we creep ever closer to uh the lgbtp that's yeah and why i've been saying the p is going to join the the alphabet soup yeah and we need to be open about this discussion and at least define if if nothing else for ourselves define what kind of boundaries uh ought to be there other than the normal catholic boundary because the normal catholic boundaries is you don't have sex don't, unless you're married. Don't do it until you're married. So that's easy enough. But um, how are we gonna how are we gonna talk about this to the secular media when they try to normalize it? And again, are these guys victims? You know, uh, there was a priest who had gotten into the gay lifestyle and has, uh, I, I wish I knew his name. I can't remember it. I, he, um, has since given up the gay lifestyle and is talking around the country about the priesthood and how prevalent homosexuality is in the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things he talked about is the fact that he was, Probably since birth, at least since puberty, he was of a certain, uh, he was the kind of guy who was ripe for grooming and changing. Oh, okay. You know, he wasn't gay when he was a kid, but he had that personality that would be easy to turn gay. He had certain tendencies that, and I would imagine that a lot of these seminarians, that's where they are. And they're going into a school where they're going to be uh, swearing off sex altogether, possibly because of this and because the fact that uh, they don't feel like they have normal desires. And then here's this priest uh, who's a teacher or whatever and comes and invites them to let loose and, and yeah. do all the things they've been fighting possibly yeah. since says, day hey, one. Y- y- you don't have you, you don't have to swear off sex. You just have to swear off marriage. We got plenty of sex right here. Yeah, I mean it, it's and kind of been well documented that that the uh, 
the various seminaries, and I'm going to just point out again, this is this is under uh, the control of bishops, whether they intended it or not. They were responsible. Yeah. You know, the buck stops with them on this. The seminaries were practically recruiting gays to the priesthood. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the grooming started from day one when they when they walked in. It, it was like, yeah. is this going to be an easy kid to turn, or um, is he just want to be a priest? And they turned down. I I've talked to people who left seminaries because of um, because of all the gays. So I I know this happens. And well, like you said, it's been documented. We all know someone outside the Catholic Church wouldn't know. But anyone who really pay, has been paying attention in the past um, past probably twenty years knows that this is a serious problem. And, yeah. and I think I think it's one of those that people who uh, you know for the past I'm going to say sixty years there were those who knew it was a problem, but but it was easier to kind of write them off as kooks until about yeah. twenty years ago. Yeah, and now it's like. Uh, there are very few straight priests and even fewer straight bishops out there. So um, we've got a huge problem now. And for men in that lifestyle who have accepted that lifestyle and don't even try to fight it, there seems to be a direct correlation with um, first grooming and then, um, you know, molesting younger and younger boys or men, depending on what you want to call them. But, you know, think of it this way. Um, what if I, what if I had a gambling problem or a drinking problem? What if I had a drinking problem? Mm-hmm. And someone who's supposed to be teaching me or be my mentor, um, constantly manipulates me in a way that eventually I'm going to take that drink. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, it's hard, it's hard not to call that uh, hard, it, yeah. it's, it's hard to not call me a victim. At In the same case, time, yeah, I, I make my own decisions. Right. So I just think it's one of those things we got to be careful with. Um, but, you know, like, you know, it's like, I, I, I guess it's a tough thing because, I mean, to use the drinking analogy, what if you went to a, you know, started going to AA meetings at, you know, of a certain group and you find out that, oh, yeah, AA, uh, it it's... It, it's really about not drinking in public at the bars. So the, the whole point is avoiding bars. And, but what they do is they have, you know, 70% of the guys in there, they bring their drinks to the meetings and that's the only place they drink. Yeah. I should recognize it. Or something right like that. Then it, it's that like, okay, wait a minute. I'm not going to get any help here. Right. But, but the problem is, and, and this is why it's such a sticky wicket for, you know, when it comes to the priesthood is that there is only one priesthood of God. Yeah. You, you, to be a priest, you've got to go through the program. You've, you've got to reach the point of being ordained. And so you've, you've got to go through, uh, being exposed to this stuff and, and, uh, you know, go, go through all the, the, the natural revulsions and, and keep your head down about it. Um, there's no other way to become a priest. There's no other way to do what a priest does, which is to give the sacraments to people without that until the seminaries get cleaned up. And here's the thing about this. I would 
I would say I can only go by what I myself uh, know and or feel and by what I see other men do. If I am not the type of person who would be easily groomed, then there is no chance in hell I'm going to be abused. Right. It just, unless he actually chained me down and raped me, that just isn't going to, and I'm not going to turn gay. It's impossible. No, it's like. I cannot turn gay. If the bishop I think tries once you get to punch him <laughs> the same way yeah. you would the old man in your earlier uh, example. That's what I think. That's that's what I imagine. But look, I okay. I knew this guy who um, we were in kind of a twelve step group, and he was. I guess he he was close to my age, maybe like five years younger than me. Um, and I guess at the time of this event, he was around maybe early thirties. Um, okay. he was, he was very much a man's man. He, 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 we swapped fishing stories. He even helped me out with a few fishing problems that I had. Uh, he, he, he had a job that was masculine that a woman couldn't even do. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a wife, he had a few kids and he disappeared for a while and then he came back and we got a chance to talk. I'm very hard of hearing. So I had, I had to listen real closely and I didn't want to have him repeat it because it was obvious he was telling a story that hurt to tell. Mm -hmm. But what it boiled down to is that he had this uncle who he trusted and had somehow talked him into having sex. Wow. Now, I think there were some drugs involved, but not not the kind of drugs that are disorienting. Maybe the kind of drugs that would weaken your will a little bit, but nothing that would, not like a ruby or something, you know? Right. But or, I mean, not just weaken your will, but um, cloud your judgment about things? Maybe, but not not majorly, you know? Make- I mean, I'm thinking like make things of distort priorities. It's like, you know, if your uncle gets you to feeling like, oh, yeah, he's a really great friend. And then the the drug has you distorting this priority that uh, I don't think so. Doing what your uncle want is a higher priority than whatever. I I just don't. The kinds of drugs are the same kinds that. As I was a teenager, I experimented with, and nothing like that would ever... You know what I mean? Right. I I mean, we're just talking about maybe weed and and some alcohol. Um, Nothing like that. And I... You know, this is a 30-year-old man I'm talking to. Yeah. And he obviously thinks this one-time event was a huge deal to where he wasn't even going to come around for a while because he didn't want to talk to anyone about it. Why? So this whole time I'm sitting here thinking that couldn't happen. That guy cannot be a victim. He just gave in to something that he wanted to do anyway. And then I meet this guy and have this story told to me. And he wasn't lying. He he didn't. He never wanted to do. Maybe there was some kind of uh, tendency there that I didn't know about. But 
You see Certainly what I'm not saying? Not anything you when picked you're... up on, yeah, knowing him. And it's I like... had a certain way of thinking about all this, and then this guy talks to me, and now I question even that. And I, I don't know how or where a line should be drawn to when we stop talking about someone as a victim and start talking them as someone who maybe uh, gave in to temptations. Hmm. And and then that brings us back to these seminaries. You know, these boys are there. They're there for a reason. Obviously, they they either feel called by God or I... Or they've been recruited because of their tendencies. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of them are there because they... uh, A lot of the gay men are there because they know that they're not going to get married and so they don't know what else to do. And they think, well, the priesthood, that then I wouldn't have to get married and nobody would question it. Mm-hmm. At least I've heard... Yeah, that makes sense. I've heard a seminarian say that to me. Um, but again, we got... I hear it every time it's brought up on, on like, you know, the Taylor Marshall or the uh, Timothy Gordon show. They'll, they'll talk about them as predators referencing not what they've done to kids but what they've done to seminarians and i don't know yeah i'm i'm still inclined to think that when it comes to seminarians it's more like um it's more like there's already a a loose atmosphere and a um you know a a depraved atmosphere in the seminary and the bishop is taking advantage of that i mean he might have to do a little bit of of seducing and manipulating in order to get his you know get what he wants. Yeah, but he's doing that in an atmosphere where that's what people already do, where the guys already are doing that, and and where they already expect to do that. And so I'm less yeah. inclined to treat those guys as victims. Yeah, and some of I mean there there are some lawsuits out there from the seminarians mm-hmm. and. I guess that's one of the big things I question is a lawsuit. Like yeah. if that happened to me, I wouldn't even admit it to anyone, let alone uh, sue them in a, in a public court. Yeah, but um, that's where it gets to like, I mean, think about women who are like pressured by their boss into sex in the workplace or something like that. Okay. So, you know, one of the big things that, that everybody saying recently is that women are too quiet about that because they feel guilty. They feel it's their fault They, you know, um, yeah, they don't speak out enough about it and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and so I think it might be in line with that kind of thinking that, that these guys are saying, Oh, okay, well then yeah, we should, we should file some kind of lawsuit the same way a woman would in that situation. And there are, you know, I think, um, even a woman who, say, otherwise is loose, let's say, has a reputation for sleeping around. Um, yeah. The, and then, you know, her boss pressures her, well, you sleep around anyway, you know, how about with me? That, you yeah. know, that, that kind of a thing. Um, you know, the, the more we talk about this, the more I realize that, you know, there's all these, these fuzzy lines between what you would call this and that. But it all boils down to the only workable, right, non-arbitrary standard is the Catholic one. Yeah. 
for appropriate sexual behavior. Yeah. And these bishops uh, are breaking that, and they've set up a system where uh, they can recruit young men who are likely to break that. And now we've got this gigantic mess, and it's not just in the U.S., it's worldwide. The whole dang church is, uh, as one guy might say, infiltrated by this. It's everywhere. And... It's gotten to the point where we don't really know what to do, but we do know that it is very specifically a gay problem. Yeah. And whether you want to talk about these guys as victims, uh, victims in the way that a young boy is a victim, or victim in a way that a uh, student or uh, employee is a victim, because either way, he's in a position of power, and he's... uh, you know, that's the thing. I'd say it would be wrong of him to pressure a girl or a boy or anyone when he's in a position of power. But we already know that's wrong because uh, you shouldn't pressure any. You should just only have sex with the people you're married with. And yeah. then that's that's the only right that's way. <laughs> and none of these problems would exist. But when we've accepted the fact that you can sleep around as long as you're consenting, that's one of the problems is that the secular understanding mm-hmm. of sex has crept into the Catholic Church to where, yeah. where they're consenting. The, the well, consenting he's real young. Thing. Right. Yeah, but he's still an adult, so they're consenting. Okay, but uh, it's his boss. But, you know, what What if he likes his boss? You know? Like, if, if you worked for an attractive female and she... Pres- how much pressure would she have to exert? <laughs> you know? Um... So it's, but if we, if we not forget that these are Catholic seminaries and that we're supposed to be pre, uh, training the, the warriors for God, mm-hmm. well, then none of this is acceptable. Yeah. And whether it, whether we want to call them victims or, uh, not, it's still not acceptable on their part or on the priest's part. Yeah, I guess I, that's the, a big part of this know, is just passing all of the blame on the older man when you're yeah, talking about another adult. I got to think like with with this situation with McCarrick, you know, I, I got to think that that there were plenty of these seminarians who uh, kind of hoped that they would so-called be picked because they felt like all oh, that would put them in a favorable light. And when it came to, you know, once they're they're actual priests in terms of getting assignments that they want yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, or, I mean, if they're still in school, just the grades and, you know, future prospects and all kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. I imagine that is how it is. Because the, I like, guess what happens know. every now and then there's a guy who not only isn't hoping to be picked, doesn't even understand that this stuff exists, you know, yeah. McCarrick asked him, come to my building. Well, you could sleep in this bed. I'll have a bed for you to sleep in, or I'll have bed clothes or whatever. He was saying all kinds of weird things. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, well, we're out of bed. You'll have to sleep in the bed with me. Um, yeah, just weird stuff. It's like... <clears throat> see, even if I were completely unsuspecting, that's the point at which, what do you mean in bed with you? I'm not sleeping yeah. in bed with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll sleep, sleep on, on the, the floor. floor. Exactly. That Exactly. Weirdo. See, that, there's a point at which it's, it's like, okay, wait a minute. Uh, 
you know, you're you're a thinking adult. You can't be that naive. Yeah. Now, again, some of these priests are going after even grade school kids, um, and it's in a completely different thing. I'm not trying yeah. to say that those cases are not a case of predation, but when we're talking about seminarians, I. I don't know. I, I don't think we should talk about it that way, the way it's being discussed. Um, especially no, I, since I these men are more, going in. I to see train the problem with McCarrick in the seminaries less as a problem of victimization and more as a problem of promoting the, the very uh, homosexual culture that has been the problem with the church. Uh, right. For the last, what, 70, maybe even for the last 100 years. I don't know. Yeah. The, the problem we've been discussing since since this podcast started, I think one of our earliest uh, podcasts mm-hmm. discussed this and right. went in depth to it. And it's precisely because we were talking about the same thing in the 80s and everybody thought we were nuts. So, but here we are. And now it's, now like, it's oh, obvious. Okay, well, yeah, that's <laughs> that really. You was, can't deny this anymore. That was real, and it's not like it, it. It's real now, and it wasn't back in the eighties. It was real all along. The the people who were nuts were right. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that it when I think about McCarrick, you know, you know who I think about is the old man in uh, Oliver Twist, the guy who picks up the orphans because he oh. knows he's going to be able to turn them. Yeah, and he gets him to uh, what's his name, Fagin. I thought Baggin was the young, the other boy. Was oh, he the one, the boy? Okay, let's look. I, I up thought it was Fagin. F A G A N. I thought was his name. That could be. No, the uh, young boy is Dodger. I think Dodger. That's like that. right. That's right. Yeah, Fagin yeah. is is the. Uh, oh, it's F A G I N. Fagin. At Fagin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's, he 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 has his little band of of orphans that. That he he gets them to get adopted by rich people, and then they steal and disappear down a rabbit hole. That 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 yeah. was his thing, right? I I, I kind of don't remember the story to tell you. The well, truth. he he started them off with with pickpocketing. Um, oh, okay, okay. Here's the thing about a lot of these kinds of uh, books. I'll read it and um, and at the same time, I'm watching movies. And so the movie and the book get crossed up, and I don't know which is which. Oh. And so when I talk about it, I, I can't remember. Was this in the movie or was this in the book? Yeah. But as much as I hate musicals, I did think Oliver was a good musical. Oh, and okay. They had a good they had a good Fagin. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, you know, he's he's collecting boys because... He's collecting orphans oh, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. because he knows that, one, they will be easily turned criminal because they have no other choice. But also, he looks for certain kinds of kids, you know? Yeah. And I think our seminaries are looking for certain kinds of men who are going to be easy to groom if they're not already groomed. Right. More than likely, a lot of them ha- are, are just fully gay when they go in yeah it's a shame but um you know as we keep saying this all boils down to the bishops Mm -hmm. 
The only way to get out of this is through the bishops. The bishops have got to change, and the bishops have got to become men. Um, Even when it comes to uh, standing up to Pope Francis, because we don't know what he's going to do in this this synod coming up. I don't know. I mean, he can't change church teaching, but... No, but... I feel like something really bad is going to come out of this. It could be, or it could be that, that you know, it's another kind of blasé, like, kind of oh, like okay, the Amazon anticlimactic, like the Amazon thing. I mean, the whole yeah. bunch of really, really bad stuff happened during the Amazon thing, but but then it kind of just fizzled. In the end, the Amazon Senate did not make any changes in the, not only in, the, in church teaching, which we knew it wouldn't, because he right. can't change church teaching, but it didn't make any changes in the day-to-day operations of most parishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, at most, more people are allowed to take communion than ought to be. Uh, but the I would say his uh, modu proprio was more evil than his Amazon Senate. Yeah. I don't know. It's well, hard to say because of the uh, the idolatry some elements. Yeah, like the whole idolatry. Or, that was yeah, the, that the, was the bad. Pachamama dancing to the Pachamama and, and putting them in St. Peter's stuff like that. That's but at most or, that uh, encourages bad behavior. The motu proprio uh, is trying to choke out yeah, good behavior. It's an ecclesial act. It's trying to yeah exactly. It's trying to rob just, the faithful of it's outright evil access to. Like you said, good behavior. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm still going to uh, Latin mass, and again in the front pew, uh, I see sometimes up to twelve young men who are obviously part of some kind of order mm-hmm. who want to become priests. Uh, Mom explained it to me that they don't have, uh, that they're not. They're not normalized yet. They have they're they're waiting for some kind of canonical uh, oh okay event to happen, mm-hmm. and it looked like it was going to happen under Pope uh, Benedict, and, and then, then Pope Francis came, and they just kind of flatlined it, and it was like, you know, things were building up to a point where he was going to have an order, and mm-hmm. now it's they're so just a bunch guys, of guys sitting there, and they're not even ordained yet. Yeah, that's I. I don't believe they are. They, okay. They're really well, young. Man, that would suck so bad. I know, and it's and these guys, you you can see the the love for the Eucharist in their eyes when they yeah. go to receive communion, and it's uh, it's like these these guys want to serve God, and they're not being allowed, and yeah, they know wow. they could probably go to I don't know another seminary, and they can uh, become parish priests or something maybe if they're gay enough to pass mm-hmm. in the seminaries but that's that's where we are at this point and i just wanted to have at least one podcast where we discuss this whole idea of seminarians being preyed upon because i just don't see it that way yeah i, I, I think largely i know it can not- happen but here's here's the thing, yeah, and there might be a few that that were, you know, depending on like, you know, their backgrounds or whatever. It may be that it was an ongoing um, 
kind of victimization that just extended from their life at home into the seminary or something like that. Uh, that's yeah. possible, but I, I think you're right for the most part. But he, here's the thing that really uh, is kind of the burning question to me. Um, have we turned the tide yet? Are we in terms like, of the seminaries? Are we getting better? Yeah, are the of, seminaries oh. less uh, less filled with 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 homos now? You know, I don't I don't know of any way of finding that out. I again, and I I do give hats off to the Bishop Schnur here in Cincinnati because the first thing he did, and this is after Polarchik left. Well, mm-hmm. we had Polarchik, and then we had Daniel for a little while, but I think Daniel was completely useless and didn't accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. But Polarchik, and before him, who's the the robe guy, the the seamless garment oh, guy? Oh, Yeah, he was Cincinnati before okay. Polarchik, wasn't he? Yeah. So we had between Bernadin and Polarchik. That's throughout all those years is when the seminaries turned gay and Daniel did nothing. And then Schnur came in and I have witnesses that say he, he, the first thing he announced that he was going to do is clean that up. And he did. Now, how clean it is, I have no idea. I do know some guys who are, uh, wanting to go to seminary and start training to be a priest mm-hmm. and they're not gay. So, yeah. And they seem comfortable going there, but I don't, you know, how would you know something like that? Yeah, that's true. I guarantee you it's not cleaned up in Chicago. Yeah, I know. that. That's the thing. It's like it depends so much on where you are now. And it so first you're, depends you're on whether like... or not you've got an evil bishop and then on whether or not you have a brave bishop. Because mm-hmm. he's got to be not evil and, and then he has to be brave. He has to be manly. Yeah. And if you got a masculine bishop, maybe your seminaries are starting to get cleaned up. If mm-hmm. not, you've got the same thing going on everywhere. It's and I mean, it's not just in America. It's happening in Rome. It's happening all Christ. Obviously, in Germany. In Germany, you know that that they're filled. I don't know if there are any straight priests in Germany. Yeah, there have to be. There's got to be some because everywhere there's got to be people that that. You know that that God calls to the priesthood, and they sincerely love God and want to serve Him in that way, and they have yeah. to then suffer through the seminary in order to do that. But then yeah. they've got to suffer under their bishops too. Yeah, that's the thing. They, I mean, they there might be priests out there who actually have to hide their heterosexuality. I don't I know. Do that. I, it's so I. <laughs> No, I didn't stick your pinky out when you're drinking in a bar or something. (laughs) Yeah, when a girl walks by, he's like, "Did you look at her?" No, I didn't look at her. No, I ain't got no interest in that. (laughs) I saw you staring at her. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Be same what? Just like being married, I guess. (laughs) I don't. I I don't like uh, tall blondes with large. (laughs) <laughs> bosoms <laughs> I, yeah well I hate you that. know then 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 you get to uh your wife saying hey i see you're not staring at that woman it's because you think she's hot oh yeah <laughs> i see how you're avoiding that girl <laughs> yeah. why are you avoiding her so much you don't even want to be 
Oh well. Anyway, but yeah, guess, that's, it is. Guess, it is down to the bishops. Know. I I think that's that's the point. Of, you know, there there may be certain dioceses where the tide is turning. I kind of I kind of doubt that the tide is turning. Yeah, worldwide I don't think it considered is. though. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, maybe turning. It, it may be like like just barely starting. But you know, I don't think we're out of the woods worldwide yet. No, and I'll, you know what? And there's you know going to be I more think... abuse going on as we go right. forward because of it. Yeah, it's going to get worse and worse. Um, you know where I think the cleaning up is actually happening is in places where the TLM are very strong. Yeah. I'll bet you see a pretty strong correlation in those geographic areas. Right. The stronger the TLM, the better the seminaries are. Of course, that, I guess that's not saying much, because if you have a bishop who's allowing the TLM to grow, um, it's, it's just, also the same bishop who would be cleaning up the seminaries. Right. So I guess it doesn't say much, but the correlation is there, I'll bet. All right. But you know, I don't. Talking about, no. I, I, let me just make this point okay. though. I the correlation is certainly there, but I don't think there's there's necessarily. I mean, because we do believe in the power of prayer and the power of grace. I don't think it's necessarily just a the, the obvious correlation that you stated. Because remember, um, yeah. I mean, Cincinnati was was ground zero for a significant TLM effort. And they yeah, accomplished that, and they got the TLM under uh, Pilarchik. And, and yes, they've been they pouring those graces on the city, and now they have Bishop Schnur. And even without, um, even without the official TLM, uh, the SSPX were pretty strong in Cincinnati. Oh, that's true. I mean, there was a big that's group. True. There, there were a lot of masses being said. You know, now, you know the, the, the men saying them may have been in, in schism. And some of them may have been, well, you know, illicit in terms well, of Well, they mass. weren't in schism until, what, like 1980-something? Yeah, Late like 80s? when the bishop, right, when that when uh, Lefebvre uh, consecrated the, the name of the four bishops. But yeah. the, um, but so even before then, they were... It's still the, the holy sacrifice of the mass. Right. And... I, that and that of, grace could oh, oh, well. very I mean, Schnur could be a result of... You know his his providential um, right. Um, what do you call it? charge of Cincinnati could be a result of all of yeah. those TLM masses. So yeah, I I, I think that but may I, be I mean, an even aspect in, of it. In Chicago, I know there's a TLM, a strong TLM crowd who are really upset at Cupich Cupich yeah, for I, for sure. the, his limitations of the TLM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Chicago's such a corrupt city anyway that Yeah, it's like corruption just seeps yeah. out of every you, you uh, need a lot more every of every sewer lid out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just Okay. What about now? I think we're I think we're done. <laughs> okay. Um I don't know. I think one of the one of the topics we were gonna do, but uh we might do next week or the week after that, uh we're gonna talk about the the odd See, we've talked about wimpy men, and so we have to do one on girls too. But it's there seems to be a growing um, tendency of women 
to just absolutely despise men. And it seems like the more manly they are, the more they despise them. And it, yeah, you saw this. You saw this especially during the BLM uh, protests. Right. Those right. were mostly white women. Uh-huh. And they just absolutely hated. And, and, and it wasn't just white men because they would go after black men too. Right. You, you could, there's videos of it. Um, but it, there's something going on with women. The same way there's something going on with men. And, you know, with men, we had an answer. Well, this this is what may have caused the problem, but this is definitely how to solve it. Right. I don't so yeah. much have an answer for that. Yeah, but we you can know? at least kind of explore it and try to characterize it and, and put the talk right about questions Maybe out possible there. causes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess we'll get to news... Um, let me put my little marker tag on it. Um, here's the thing. Um, so on my recording software, I have a button that I press to put a little marker. So uh-huh. I know to come back here and either edit it or start the news music, something like that. Oh, right. Um, right. that same button on my other screen, I have, uh, OneNote open and I've got all my notes here. And when I press that same button, it opens up a fresh, not a fresh, it reopens OneNote so that by the end of the show, I've got like six instances of OneNote open all, <laughs> all on the same page. It's just, I keep accidentally opening OneNote. Instead of putting the mark of the recording. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to figure out a way to change the settings so that Control-M does not open OneNote again. Did you oh, put well. that yourself, or was that a, a built-in? That's one of theirs. Oh, okay. So I imagine it's changeable, because you can change... In most of Microsoft uh, Office programs, you can change the uh, the settings of, of uh, key shortcuts. shortcuts. Right, right. And I don't... Well, like, for example, it's really easy, like, if you've got a shortcut to something to, cha- to just assign it, shortcut if you've got a yeah. a link to something it's easy to, to assign a, a keyboard uh, shortcut yeah but well, you know what I've got like so uh, for instance when I was doing the Shakespeare stuff actually I'm doing an, I'm doing Macbeth right now so I take the text of the play just straight text mm-hmm. and paste it into word right and then um you know, as I'm going through changing the styles of whether, say, it's a character or a an action or dialogue, I have different styles I use, and I use the same. Instead of pressing on the style, I create shortcut keys. Yeah. And sometimes I create shortcut key combinations. For example, um, it might it might change the style. And then backspace one, so or backspace one, so that it joins the next the previous paragraph and change the style of that one as well. And then uh, say shift enter to go to the next line, oh, and then right. change the style again, so that and I create all kinds of weird shortcuts. <laughs> Some of them are like uh, you know six or seven key combos. Yeah. With uh, what's the name of that program? 
I don't remember. Hot key, I think oh, is the name right. of it. You can set up shortcut key shortcuts that will do you can do all kinds of things like open programs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's pretty neat. Alright, news. Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. We got all kinds of little stories like four civilians are reported to have been killed by Russian military in Oblast. You know, I keep they keep coming up with these stories about four yeah. four six Twelve people are lo- are. Uh, I I, uh, I have yet to hear injured. the first story that that records that reports uh, more than fifty. Yeah, and, and in war, I mean, in a war, that's what you expect, especially a war we're that in Vietnam, civilian areas, uh, yeah, an invasion of a country. Yeah, and it's not just civilian areas; it's cities. Yeah, so you'd expect there Entire to be hundreds, cities. but I haven't. There's millions yet of heard there. an incident that involves more than fifty. Yeah, but, right. You know, I, I don't even think it's gotten close to fifty. Uh, okay, so they're saying that they have recovered uh, 1,222 bodies Okay. in Kiev Oblast. But, and actually, they're saying they've discovered a mass grave. Oh, like that they're claiming the They're Russians calling it made? a mass grave. Mass grave where Russian civilians were buried. But then when you go read the article, they'll say a mass grave where dozens of civilians were found buried. Now, there's dozens of civilians buried up the street in the cemetery. Yeah. I, a mass grave, I think of, like, during the Nazis. They, right. You yeah, know, a great big they put pit thousands with, with of just them. bodies piled on top of each other. And So, are they, are they talking about Ukrainian Civilians? Yeah. Oh, okay. They're saying you Ukrainian civilians. Okay. Did I, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so Ukrainian they're civilians saying that they say were killed by the Russians. That they say were killed by the Russians. At the same time, um, you know, I saw stories of Russians claiming that they had uncovered mass graves of civilians, claiming that it was the Ukrainian government killing their own people, and saying this is why we might have to attack. That oh. was a story that I read like I don't know a year ago. Oh okay. So I don't know. You know, the mass grave of dozens and now they're saying that they've recovered up to twelve hundred and twenty two bodies. Still, twelve hundred and twenty two bodies in one city is not that much during a war. Because we bombed villages in um, in Vietnam that had much more than 1,222 civilians die. And plenty of women and children. So I don't know why suddenly 1,222 is a big number. But in a city of millions. Um, okay, Russia says it will end their invasion, invasion if Zelensky agrees to conditions set during negotiations. So they, he's been given a set of negotiations. Okay. They'll say, we'll leave if you do this. Uh, a legal guarantee that Ukraine will not join NATO. And, and they have to actually put that in their constitution. Oh, that okay. it will be impossible to join NATO. And um, they suspended operations in Kiev as a goodwill gesture in order to promote further peace talks. So, I wonder how that would work. I'm, okay, so I'm, I'm just going to 
parse through the dynamics here. So you've got a country, they, they presumably have a constitution because he's talking about putting something in the constitution. Now, in I know that in the United States, in order for the constitution to change, the resolution yeah. has to be prepared by Congress. It has to be you know submitted and passed, signed by the president. It goes to the states. Uh, three-quarters of all the states, I think it's three-quarters, of all the states have to approve the amendment through their own legislatures. And then it becomes part of the Constitution. Makes it very difficult to change the Constitution. And it's supposed to be. There's good reasons for that. Yeah. So you take a country like this, and how does their Constitution get changed? Is it just because Zelensky says, okay, now this is part of the Constitution? Is yeah, it, I don't is know. Is it just because they, they have a parliament who can just modify the constitution? And if it can be changed that easily, then why would Russia trust that it can't just be changed back by the next regime? Well, it's possible that in order to change it, they would have to do that publicly. And Russia would know, oh, they're trying to they're trying to join NATO again. I guess we're coming in. Well, yeah, that's my point, though. Maybe. They, yeah, they... they why would Russia think that they're not going to have to reinvade in, in 10 years under the next yeah. regime? Well, okay, here's the thing, and I guess I guess maybe I should start looking into this, because um, a lot of what they're claiming is the fact that because of alliances, especially with America, that we, we're putting all these, um, these laboratories in Ukraine, the ones that were outlawed in America— like the ones that are in China now that created COVID. Oh, like the, the viral We've got a bunch of those in Ukraine. Yeah, they've got biolabs there. And it's like, this is mainly what the Russians are uh, trying to change. Yeah. And I don't know if it's true. There's some indication that when they go in and then they leave again, what they actually did was dismantled the biolab. Oh, okay. Huh. Now, I, I don't... That's I don't know. I, I should look into yet. this, but um, yeah, it's kind of a thing right now. Is that really what Russia is doing? Because there are uh, viruses that were created to attack specific uh, races, or not even a race, uh, specific um, nationalities. Oh, mm-hmm. and Based on the, the they genetics. Were, yeah, they were making viruses. That would attack Russians. Oh wow! Like, it, is so, that confirmed? I mean, like, does our intelligence? No, I don't. Not by me. I don't. You know, I, I you hear things, and it's like I don't know. I, now I gotta go look that up if I ever want to talk about it. And so, <laughs> places like Infowars.com, mm-hmm. you'll see reports of it there. Uh, so, as far as I'm concerned, it's unconcerned. It's unconfirmed. But here's the thing. Everything coming out of Russia and Ukraine is unconfirmed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'll, There's nothing, even the stuff that's reported in the main news. It, you, you see something on CNN. Well, you know what? You really have to treat that as unconfirmed. Yeah. Heck, the stuff coming so, out of our own government right now is unconfirmed. Right. I mean, you can't trust anything that comes, say, out of a White House uh, press conference. Yeah. Or anything that comes from CNN, MSNBC. Right. Or even Fox News at this Anymore. point. Yeah. Who can you trust? I I don't know. Is I can't see how Infowars is any less trustable than CNN because here's the thing: 
some of the guys at InfoWars might be a little nuts, but uh, all of the guys at CNN are liars. Well, that's true. CNN is purposely trying to trick us. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of the people at InfoWars is too, but it seems like not. You've got you've got your choice of uh, of rock solid sane liars or um, in some or cases someone who doesn't slightly, really know the slightly truth. nutty uh, honest people <laughs> or at yeah, least so, you know, presumably and, honest. <laughs> you know, and I I guess when when we do the talk about women in America today, we're going to bring up um, Alex Jones. You know, I've been, a long time ago, his name came up, and I listened to clips from him, and I thought, well, this guy's a nut, because he yells a lot, mm-hmm. yeah. and the clips were very specific clips that people want to show. Here's what this guy says. I think one of the school shootings where the, the somebody came in and shot up a uh, school, uh, an elementary school, maybe it was even a kindergarten school, I don't remember, but he had denied that. Uh-huh. He had said it didn't really happen, that it was all a hoax. Oh, wow. Now, it's, it seems like he's taken that back. Um, but if you talk, if you mention Alex Jones, that's what gets talked about. Oh, that's what people... Well, he's, okay. You know, so so he's a mass shooting denier, uh, despite the fact that he said that he admitted he was wrong about that. Mm-hmm. But it was just... Early in the days when everyone was talking about it, he questioned whether or not it really happened. Yeah. So, uh, you know, right away, since Jason actually knew a guy whose little girl died in that school shooting, um, and here's this guy denying it ever happened, I immediately wrote him off. Oh, right. Well, I've been hearing the name more and more, and I'm starting to look at the things he's actually said. And I saw videos where people say the the 10 most craziest uh, predictions or prophecies from Alex Jones. It's like half of them were were true. Half of them we know are true. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would delete that video if I were them Mm -hmm. because it's embarrassing how right he was on a lot of things. So, I don't know. Uh, how do we get into that? Well, because we were talking about Where, okay. confirmed stories about stuff. and Yeah, confirmed yeah, stories. So what's uh, confirmed? Yeah, I don't know what know, confirmed there's is. There's no such thing anymore, practically. Yeah. So the governor of Oblast is saying that uh, Russians came in and completely flattened their, their hospitals. All the hospitals in the city, or in the province. Um, Russia is denying that. They are saying that... Actually, Ukrainians are the ones who blew everything up. Huh. No. Well, maybe, just, maybe not. I, that's, that could go either way for me, you know? Yeah. I could say where if yeah. the hospitals were, were centers of research for this virology program that you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, why specifically hospitals and not other kinds of institutions? Yeah, why not movie theaters or schools or yeah, churches? Schools or, or you know... Um, what, what is it about hospitals that, that they seem to, yeah, that, they that even that. the Ukrainians are admitting that they're targeting? So it's like, okay, well, maybe you could tell us why. Maybe you know why and you're not saying. So U.S. House of Representatives votes 420 to 3 
to pass legislation that will suspend normal trade relations with Russia and Belarus. Uh, the Senate votes 100 to 0 to pass the legislation. Suspend I, normal, normal trade, trade relations. relations. With Belarus and who? Russia. Russia. Okay. So I, they're predicting all these shortages, but they're causing the shortages. Because I, there's another story, and I, I can't remember where it was. I think in Iowa, they're killing off like 10,000 chickens because of the H5N1 virus. Oh, in Iowa? Yeah. So like it's, here in America, it's, it's in the it's we in America are now. calling. Yeah, but the thing is that this virus doesn't affect human beings, and it doesn't kill all the birds that it attacks. Oh, so why are we killing them off? Because why not just let them have it? Because they're afraid that if it completely infects the whole bird population, it could mutate into something that would infect human beings. Okay. I think that's where well, the original bird flu, I mean, uh, yeah. the bird flu in 1918 was something like that. Although that we didn't have the genetic technology to well, be able to Well, I do know it. one thing today. I went to get chicken breasts today so I could make uh, quesadillas or <laughs> quesadillas. <laughs> make yourself a dang quesadilla. Um, but I, they were they were real short. Oh, I was lucky to get any chicken breast too? at all. I mean, is the price no, going the up? No, the prices hadn't gone just up. Can't no, find them. Okay. I mean, a little bit. Like the price is going up on everything yeah. because we keep printing money. But uh, no, they weren't price gouging. So hmm. if they'd price gouge, maybe we would have more. Yeah. You know, people would be like, "Well, I don't want to spend that much on I'll chicken breast for now." But but people who are willing to spend that much because they have a big party planned or something will have enough chicken. Mm-hmm. They need to. They need to, we need to get rid of this weird uh, way of looking at price gouging. Yeah. I mean, it's it's supply and demand. That, That's, why is that We bad? should let that law work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. We did that one. We did that one. I am not going to read that one because it's stupid. Former German justice minister, and I got to try to say that name, file a complaint with German federal prosecutors accusing Russian President Vladimir Putin, all 32 members of the Security Council of Russia, and the members of Russian Armed Forces of committing war crimes in Ukraine. Now, okay, I... Is the war crime just because they invaded Ukraine? I think that's really odd. Well, I think they're claiming something but I think we got to be careful here and just absolutely demand real evidence when they start claiming these yeah. things. Because this is, can turn into a great big, uh, you know, uh, hanging party where mm-hmm. we just hang everyone who's Russian. Why? Because yeah. they attacked Ukraine, but without getting any kind of proof of anything. Would- and every time they show us evidence of wrongdoing by the Russians to the Ukrainians, we find out that it's fake. Yeah, they're using actors in some of the videos. Uh, they're they're showing videos that were taken five years ago and claiming that it's you know Russians. Uh, what would they call them? Portable uh, portable crematoriums. Oh, mm-hmm. so they're burned. You know, they got these trucks that are set up to burn bodies. And here we're looking at a video from ten years ago of a garbage truck. Yeah. So it's just. I, 
Yeah, I hope... It's going to turn into a mob lynching, I basically. Hope, yeah, I hope they're careful about this. I don't think they will be. But, again, um, and we've got all kinds of stories of more all the sanctions being placed against them, all the banks running against them, and them having to go with their own um, currency now. And I got to say... We are making Russia stronger mm-hmm. because we're isolating them and they will no longer be dependent on the New World Order and the the global banks. They will not worry about global uh, control anymore because they're not under that thumb. Mm-hmm. I think these, I don't know. I don't know if they know this. I guess they have. They must have thought of this. The globalists, I mean. Yeah. Well, they must have thought. Well, if we if we isolate them, did they think Russia was just going to give in? I think sometimes that they they may overestimate the um, either the the direct power they have or underestimate. Uh, well, let's say overestimate the dependence that that significant parts of the world have on the uh, global. Um, Arrangements, the global economy, or whatever you want to call it, the global system. Yeah, I think so. And um, I don't know. They're gonna. I, th- I think they're gonna be sorry. But we'll see what happens. Um, all kinds of unusual things have happened now. Pope Francis has um, consecrated Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Now. Some people would say, yeah, who cares? He's not the real Pope. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I, it's my understanding that Pope Benedict did it as well. So, I don't know. I I think it happened. And I I think something completely unexpected is going to come out of all this. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't know what that is. But uh, it would be really cool if... Because I know people who have said... I'm going to leave the Catholic Church and go to the Russian Orthodox because the Russian Orthodox is more traditional. Now, I try to tell them, yeah, but they're not the real church, number one. Number two, they're not real traditional. They've they've given in on several big things. For example, um, contraception. It's my understanding that they've given in on that and a couple other things. Mm -hmm. So, But anyway, this is a group of traditional men the priests in the Russian Orthodox Church, wouldn't it be cool if suddenly they all became Catholic priests Mm -hmm. and um, a new fervor took over the the East that would would change everything. And it's not like they would have to become Roman. They would just, there would have to be an understanding with the, the Russian patriarch that normalizes them under the rule of Rome. Yeah. And then we could, we could all go to the, Byzantine mass or whatever they would have. Yeah, I guess well, the Russian Orthodox now, would have but, their own mass. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would probably keep the same uh, mass that they're yeah, saying. Most, I think I would think they would most have permission of, uh, to say it. Day to day life for actual Russian Orthodox people would not change if such a thing happened. Yeah, the day to day religious life. Right. Uh, President Biden calls. Russian war in Ukraine a genocide. I don't know why he's calling a that. Genocide. Again, we got actually accusation first war crimes and now genocide. When there's a genocide, okay, you have hundreds but, of thousands of bodies. 
Yeah, we've got 1,200. And that, 1,200 that's the only one that, that has genocide. even a significant number. And that's just a claim. Yeah, that's a uh, There's no actual evidence that there's <laughs> that's an 1,200 claim. bodies. Yeah, this is crazy. The, the kind of accusations that are coming out of this. And that's why I know that I don't... It, I hate to act like I'm for Russia. I'm not. But it's just, I hate the stupid they're, reporting. They're lying. I, I'm, I'm tired of being lied to. Yeah. And if, if you're going to lie to me, then I'm going to assume that something else is true. Tell the dog so, on truth. Yeah. And we're sending all kinds of more stuff to uh, Ukraine to help them fight. But again, we're not fighting for them. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that says something huge. Yeah. Um, okay. That's all the news about Russia. Um, we got that new Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Uh, Ket- Ketanji Brown Jackson. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame. But we knew But we were going to get yeah, some we knew kind of liberal, happen. you know, yeah. and some kind of kook ball. Because Biden's the one, you know, it's 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 it's, it's going to be one cookball after another with Biden being the one right. nominating them. But if we hadn't had um, some of the rhinos betray us, I know we might have stopped it. So that one might have been stopped. Shame on them; yep. they're bad people. Uh, DHL Boeing, DHL. I guess they're talking about the company DHL. Mm-hmm. They've got a Boeing seven fifty seven plane breaks into two parts. After making an emergency landing uh, in San Jose, Costa Rica, I saw that. In fact, oh, you I was, did. I was no. I mean, I, I mean, I saw about that. I um, yeah. I was tempted to include that in my segment, but I but I didn't. Oh, okay. Well, I got <laughs> so you. You got it. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, Round. you're yeah. Post the link because I mean, it's a kind of it's like wow. That you know, it, you don't, they you don't expect planes to do that. It you know right. Yeah. Uh, around 2 million people in Puerto Rico are without electricity because of a fire at one of the island's largest uh, power plants. Oh, wow. Not, yeah. So, man dies after ramming his vehicle into the fence of the Russian embassy in uh, Bucharest, Romania, and setting himself on fire. Well, people who set themselves on fire usually die. They often die. It's announced that over 5,000 new species of previously undiscovered RNA viruses were found in ocean living organisms and proposed to group them into a new phyla, according to a paper published in Science. Huh. A phyla is a... Isn't that a, a classification of animal, of life? Well, it is. So, like, you've got the, the broadest, the, the, what they call kingdoms. That's like plants and animal, plant kingdom, animal kingdom. Uh, what I think they call now monoras, which are, um, like a lot of the single-celled organisms stuff. They don't consider them plants or animals. Um, okay. And then, okay, one, yeah, it's right one under, under that, I think, is the phyla. So, like, among animals, yeah. um, you've got, um, Chordates, I, th- I think, which which are you yeah. know animals with a um, uh, with a backbone. Let, let me see what the the classification. So what is. what phyla are they talking? What kingdom would they be described under? It's a virus. They're not. I mean, it's my understanding that you could arguably say 
Viruses are not alive. They are not lives. Yeah, there are some who who don't even. I mean, there, there are disputes among biologists whether to consider viruses to even be um, living or right. not. Um, That's the thing. I guess what I would say is the, viruses I, I, aren't I've got even like, alive. For example, biologyquestionsandanswers.com. Question, to which kingdom do viruses belong? The answer that this website says is viruses are not considered true living things. Therefore, they are not classified any under any of the kingdoms. Yeah, so how can they have a phyla if there's no king? You have to give them a kingdom well, first. Well, not, not necessarily. Because, I mean, you can, you, can, you can take a classification of non-living things and, and call one of those levels uh, a phylum. What? Kingdom of... Non-living things? Yeah, I mean, like viruses. I mean, just just because they're non-living and don't belong to one of the five biological kingdoms doesn't mean that you can't give them some kind of taxonomy, some kind of layers of classification, right? But and one of those layers, one of those layers, you could just call it phylum. Call it phylum. Yeah. That a phyla is a phyla. A phylum just refers to a layer of classification. That's all it means. It's a layer of classification. You say what phyla does that? Okay. What phylum does that belong to? Well, that you're just saying. But the, the, you know, at that okay, layer of classification. But that's a layer, right? It's a layer. Okay, but, wait a minute. But layers can apply that's to non-living things too. That's my point. Yeah, I know, but not in the um, the life classification system that we use. The biological classification system. I know, system, but, but my point there's is, there's nothing the in word, there now that doesn't have life. I know, right? But the word phylum is just a name. You could apply it to other things too. I know, but they're talking about giving it its own phyla in the life classification system. Okay. And if you're going to do that, then you have to put oh, it in a kingdom. Okay, okay. I, you know what? I'm I'm reading it on Wikipedia right now, so oh, you've got unless I so maybe my report they got they it wrong. are their own kingdom. As a kingdom, they're not considered living, but I see. But they still then have the standard classification under that kingdom with subkingdom, okay. phylum, so, subclass, order, family, and genus and species. So there are already phyla of viruses. Uh, viruses, yeah. I see. So that must means okay. there, there well, must be six kingdoms, confused. at least six kingdoms. Five of them of living things, and then virus in addition to those. Or, or there's not six kingdoms. There's five, and then there's also a kingdom of viruses. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like, oh well. So okay. Well, they found a whole bunch of new RNA viruses. I don't know what the difference between an RNA virus and a DNA virus is, but just that. Uh, the RNA viruses have RNA inside of them, and a DNA virus has actual DNA inside of it. Okay. I don't know much about viruses. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. We did that one. So, Food and Agriculture Organization's food price index increases by 13% in March to an all-time record amid fallout from Russian invasion of Ukraine. No, it's not. I know. It's, it's fallout BS. from They're blaming, stupid Biden and the Democrats... This mucking with the economy by printing money. I think I think this is what the whole damn thing is about. Let's let's get into a war without really getting into it and then claim all the uh, economic problems we're having 
are because of the war. <laughs> and it's stupid. Yeah, that is so stupid. That's that's one thing I know they're lying about. We were going through uh, um, inflation, crazy inflation, long before Russian Russia invaded. attacked yep. Ukraine. That's so stupid. Uh, so, to, you, do you know that whole plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Oh, yeah, the one that was concocted and and put together and and moved along by the FBI so that they could round up a few few guys that they were... You know, they created this plot and they moved it along and then they turned around and arrested a few of the guys that were following them in the plot because the real leaders of the plot were FBI uh, agents and informants. Yeah, the whole thing's insane. Well, uh, two of the defendants are defendants have been acquitted by juries. All right, good. Uh, the other two def- uh, defendants ends in a hung jury, oh. so that's good, too. Well, it, that is good. The government then has to decide but, whether to retry them. But they should have been acquitted. Yeah. <laughs> um, Israeli soldiers raid a refugee camp in Jenin uh, because, I guess, there was the Tel Aviv shooting. Oh, was there I a don't shooting know what shooting that I, is. I wasn't aware of that. I guess. And a Palestinian Islamic Jihad member is killed. 13 other people injured. I guess they're saying that's who the, the shooter was. Um, and in retaliation for that, a group of around 100 Palestinian rioters vandalized uh, the tomb of Joseph. Oh, wow. I didn't know we knew where Joseph's tomb was. I know he's but, buried in the... I mean, if we could find the tomb of Abraham... There's a, a plot of land that the Bible refers to Abraham buying in order to use yeah. it as a place to be buried in. And Joseph was buried in the same place. Oh, was His he? bones were okay, brought up so from Egypt in it, order to be buried I didn't even there. know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know we knew where any of that was. Um, but they went and um, vandalized Joseph's tomb. A uh, couple, couple of Israelis are shot by these rioters and they set fire inside several of the chambers and um, I guess I don't know what's happened after that I don't know I guess the uh, the Israelis put a stop to it I guess mm-hmm. but they did get in there and they did cause some fires and uh, shoot a couple of the Israelis uh, 25 people are killed during floods and landslides during a, a tropical storm Maggie, M-E-G-I, in the Philippines. Okay. 25 people. Wow. You know, I that scares the heck out of me, the thought of being killed Trapped in, in a landslide. Whether whether yeah. mud or even an avalanche like snow. Yeah, an avalanche Ice. is just as scary. I, I would not go in the mountains while there's uh, that snow. Possibility. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it just, that scares me. Um... 25 Let's people. Let's see, there's, uh, yeah, 25 people. 25 people That's in a, a mudslide from a tropical storm. That's more than that... were shot when they blew up an entire city and in Ukraine. I know, that's what I was thinking. It's like <laughs> this this incident of nature uh, kills more people than these deliberate acts of war. Oh, well, that's nothing. In South Africa, uh, mainly in the city of Durban, there's a flood that kills 250 people, and 
leaves many more people missing. Mm, wow. So probably a few more to, to end up being oh. confirmed dead at some point. And prayers in South Africa. Yep. And also in New Guinea, uh, there's a uh, one of the New Guinea island of New Britain. Um, there's an earthquake, magnitude 6.3. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, the Oklahoma governor signs a law into uh, into the state illegalizing abortion, criminalizing abortion. abortion. Wow. Just period? No qualifications? Uh, well, maybe mother's health is the only thing. Oh, okay. But... As we know, but, that but not like before exist. a certain weeks or I mean after a certain weeks or anything like right. just, just plain criminalizes it. All right, well, yeah. okay, way uh, to go. Anyone caught doing that can face a fine of a hundred thousand and up to ten years in prison. Okay, it's a start. Yeah, we'll see how it holds so up. So I guess the same. Yeah, well, we'll find out this summer. Uh, we need to pray, pray, pray yeah. for that to go right. Uh, I think the. The future of our country hangs in that balance. I don't think we have a future if, we if don't uphold these, the Supreme yeah. Court doesn't do their job. I guess the uh, San Francisco Giants hired uh, like the first woman coach, field coach. Huh. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think that's so stupid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess the coach doesn't actually play the game, but still. Yeah, I know, but it's just it's like, come on. Can you imagine a female coach like egg and yawn? Come on, go, go. It's, it's like, uh, oh, yeah, okay, gosh. mom, I know. <laughs> Knock it off. Yeah. Uh, HD1, the furthest known galaxy, is discovered 13.5 billion light years away from Earth. Now, Last week... There was a star that we saw that... An individual star that we saw... 28 billion light years away. Yeah, but, you know, I think that was a misprint. Because I found another one that that was like half... Less than half that. Okay. It must be. It has to be. I mean, because if we found a single star, that would have to belong to a galaxy. And we call that galaxy something. Yeah. But to be able to distinguish... One star within a galaxy. Think how massively huge that star has to be. Unless, yeah, especially when it's unless twenty-eight billion are, light like, years away. You know, maybe way out at the beginning of the universe, there were individual stars that weren't part of galaxies, and then as they like blew up or burned out or whatever, and the various gases left over became galaxies. Or maybe know. there are stars that are like as big as galaxies. Yeah, it's, they There's had some. Something, they had some some statistics yeah. on that one from last week. I, like how many times as big as the sun and that kind of stuff. I didn't yeah. think it was quite big enough to to be as big as a galaxy, but who knows? Maybe there are small galaxies too that that it could be. Right. Uh, that's all the news I got. All right. Well, I've got a little bit of news. Um, actually, I've got two, three, four. I've got, usually I only do four. I ended up with five. I was going to do six, but I dropped one. But uh, we didn't do, do it last week, so okay. I've got a few okay. more than usual. Okay, so first of all, and this is actually kind of cool, um, the Texas governor, have you heard about what he's doing? No. Uh, he decided that he's going to go ahead and, and all these illegal immigrants that the U.S. government is insisting are to be allowed into the United States. 
and they're saying no Texas you can't close the border because that's that's part of uh, of INS and, and Homeland Security oh yeah and so he's saying all right I'm gonna make them your problem you can deal with them so uh, the governor of Texas um, is um, chartering buses and allowing any of the immigrants who want to come into the United States to go ahead and hop on a bus and go to Washington DC. The first bus. There you go. The first bus uh, has arrived in Washington DC. <laughs> that's awesome. That is truly awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do that's it. That's the way. Washington and Virginia. There you go, yeah. Biden. You you deal with them. <laughs> okay. One big happy. Now, this you know, I mean, you, you hear these stories about someone like doing something weird and, and it's like, like somebody said, oh, give me five lottery tickets and they accidentally print six and it's, oh, accidentally, okay, well go ahead and give me the six one too then. And then that one ends up being some kind of a winner and stuff like this. So this is one of okay. those. So a woman, uh, was going to press a button, I guess, on one of these, um, these lottery um, machines like a kiosk like a kiosk yeah, yeah. and he kind of jostled her and she pressed the wrong button and she ended up accidentally buying like a $30 scratch off instead of I guess she usually gets lower cost ones than that and uh, he didn't even say anything just walked out the door well turns out the ticket was a $10 million winner $10 million you can win $10 million from a kiosk yeah well, it's, it's the machine? yeah the the scratch offs. Wow. It's the same scratch offs that you can buy uh, up at the counter. It's, I didn't know you could win that it's, much from those. Um, yeah, I thought you could win like 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 a thousand or even ten thousand, but I didn't oh. know you could win millions. Well, they have. That's I guess they, she, it says talks about she meant to buy a lower cost ticket, so it must be that the cost of the ticket relates to how much you can win. Yeah, from a yeah. What is that? Is that me? Is what you? I hear a kid. No, it wasn't a kid. It was a video oh, that okay. I didn't mean to pull up that got pulled up from your link. Oh, all oh, the uh... yeah. Do you remember? Uh, well, I guess you wouldn't have known. You were probably in college when he was hanging around. There's a little kid named Scat that used to hang around with Jason. Really? And they you had a friend named Scat. Yeah, the S C A T T maybe. I don't know. That was his name. <laughs> I don't even know if that was his real name. That's that's a name for poop. I don't know. (laughs) Well, maybe that's how his parents felt about him. I don't know where they got him. I don't remember. But they had a whole stack of fake lottery tickets. Oh, okay. And you would, you know, you would scratch it off, and they would show you winning like ten thousand or fifty thousand. But they were all fake, and they would, yeah, (laughs) and they would go leave them in a restaurant and just watch and wait and. (laughs) Little brats. They saw one guy quit his job, like the the Wendy's worker. Like, like they were watching. Uh, He was, and he quit his job. Yeah, they would. He would. They, you know, they left it on a table at Wendy's, and the guy came out to clean, and he found it, and he's like, "Hey guys, I quit." (laughs) I think he came back like five minutes later. No, I don't quit. I just, I'm sorry. Oh, he has to crawl back. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of mean. <laughs> Kids are mean. Yeah. 
But I think you could still get them. Oh, okay. I've been okay. thinking about just getting like them. Just kind of joke things. There's, yeah. there's probably yeah, something like, on them, something in the print that if you looked at it, it identifies itself as like entertainment yeah, only is. or something like that. <laughs> right. It's like it's all worded to make it sound official, mm-hmm. but every single sentence on there, it's like it's officially not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. It, all you have to do is read it, but most people don't. They just, <laughs> they just see, see the number. <laughs> well, the thing yeah. is, most, I mean, it's like, See, Terry likes to do these scratch-offs. I don't know why, but it's like, it's not even that you just scratch off and it says, here's how much you want. It's more like you got to do this game where, yeah. you do, and then it's, you got to, and if you can find three of these and then you look up in this table and see how much you, I mean, it's really like. Yeah, I know. Because I found one once and I was scratching off trying to figure out. I just scratched everything off, and Vicky's like, "No, you can't do it that way." So why not? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, you know what? What I, I uh, apparently you can do um, is there's like a little thing at the bottom where you scratch off, and there's a QR code, and you just scan that and see what you want. You don't have to scratch any of it go. off. Yeah, that's what so, I would do. So it's, and uh, it's like, um, <laughs> I was cleaning our house one time, and I found like three or four hundred dollar bills. Oh wow. And I was like, oh, cool. I knew I was... I, it's conceivable to find that in my house because sometimes I come home with cash from a job or whatever and then it gets it gets put up and I think Vicky spent it mm-hmm. and she thinks I spent it, so there it is. So I thought that was one of these cases and I went to the drive-thru to get a pack of cigarettes and handed her my hundred. Yeah. And she just looked at it for a second. She's like, why are you giving me this? I said, I... <laughs> That's the smallest bill I have, I swear. And she's like, this isn't a bill. Will you read this? It was a fake. It wasn't even real money. Like, it didn't even say it was real money. It just just had the hundred on there. That's funny. Why are you giving me this? She thought there was some deeper joke there that she was missing. Or she thought that I was trying to trick her, and it's like, no, I was not trying to trick you. I did not know what this was. I promise I was not trying to trick you guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next up, um, so Mike Tyson um, wants to sell ear-shaped cannabis gummies. Hmm. Now, you would think that the problem would be in the cannabis but that's not the case. The problem, the reason it ran afoul of the law is because you're not allowed to sell cannabis in shapes that may be uh, attractive or interesting to children. And as a general classification of that, that includes shapes of humans, animals, fruits, or other images that could attract children. So apparently because it's a human part, um, he's that's what ran him afoul of the law. Not the fact that it's so gummy cannabis. Is uh, are, we, are children attracted to ear-shaped I, candy? I don't know. I've never heard of that in my life. I don't know. Like, like I know we used to bite the, the ears off of, of Easter bunnies because they're chocolate. And it was a place where you could yeah. get your mouth around it, but... I don't know ear yeah. gummies. I, I if I saw an ear gummy, you know, on the shelf at, at a gas station, you know, on the candy shelf, it'd be like, mm, I, I don't think so. I would have no interest <laughs> in that. I would look right past it. <laughs> yeah, 
ear gummies. I mean, the, the things they find wrong with things that are wrong astound me. <laughs> That's a good way to know? put it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, okay, yeah, I can understand why you shouldn't be allowed to sell that, but not for that reason. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. And, okay, so next up, and this is just one of those, uh, I don't know, you know, I guess I guess the stupidity over COVID, uh, including the, the, the sort of mad rush to, to push everybody to get vaccinated, is, is just creating the most mm-hmm. bizarre um, black markets. And this fella apparently made his uh, shoulder a black market. Um, he's received about 90 shots. What he would do is he would go in with somebody's card and receive the shot for them and, and get the of- officiating mark on the card and give it back to them uh-huh. for money. And he's so he's had like 90 COVID shots. 90? <laughs> yeah. I don't are even, they that I, ineffective? Are they that what? Ineffective? Yeah, that you would think... If you got 90 of anything, you'd think, oh, that's dangerous. Yeah, like, okay, I, you, ought to, you ought to be, I don't know, comatose now or something. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this is in Germany where they have, like, this stupid passport system where you've got to have these COVID cards to yeah. go into restaurants and pools and s- s- stuff like that. It, it's just... Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, the, the, the real one, culprit here is the stupidity of the whole COVID crowd and the COVID rules. Yeah, but the fact that he could get ninety shots and it not cause some kind of major health problem tells me that um, they've stopped even trying to make them in any way effective. I, yeah, it just doesn't seem. But you know that there's or that there's, or I wonder if it's. One of those things that are effective for certain people, like they kill certain people, mm-hmm. they make certain people maybe uh, a little bit immune, infertile, and other people they or, don't do anything for. Yeah, I'm just starting just kind of like the virus itself. <laughs> yeah, because the virus itself, some it's, people barely some people, get sick, mm-hmm. and it's some people die. Yeah, it's the uh, the fact that this was all manufactured ought to just really worry people Mm -hmm. and that this shot can actually kill one guy and another guy could get 90 90 of them and not do anything to them so concerning that's alarming yeah all right right. i got one more and this is a local story that i just thought was kind of funny so there's a guy local for you or me local for me uh here in uh um Hendricks County, Indy. Uh, Indiana. So a guy named Terry Judy is running for sheriff this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, when was this? Uh, I'm trying to look for the date because this was like last week sometime. Anyway, uh, last week he was uh, arrested for drunk driving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, so is, he, he, is, it, is it all of... Indiana or in certain uh, counties where, like, you cannot refuse a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Oh, a breathalyzer. breathalyzer. I, like, if you refuse the breathalyzer, they take you to jail. Which is the same oh, as okay. saying you cannot refuse it. That's, uh, and I know lawyers who will swear don't ever let them give you a breathalyzer. Mm-hmm. Um, you're basically handing them evidence. Don't give them evidence. And it's like, well, 
if you get just as much trouble for not allowing them to do a breathalyzer, well then, what good? Who cares? Go ahead and take the uh, take the rap on the drunk driving. Unless you you get arrested, but the arrest isn't but nece- is because you get arrested, but then you've got a trial that has to occur before you can get fined, before it could go against your driver's license and that kind of stuff. And so that's the point is that you get arrested, but a lawyer can now help you with the trial and and you might beat it, especially if you weren't actually drunk. You would think, but I know a guy who refused to test and he spent the next year not driving. Well, because he lost the trial. Uh he waited months just for the trial. Oh, no kidding. And then, I don't know. It, you know what? I might not have the whole story. But I would... See, I don't trust breathalyzers. Yeah. I don't trust them at all. Because I worked at BP ProCare. And uh, some of the people would bring their cars in that we have to work on. Mm-hmm. And they'd have a little breathalyzer thing attached to it. Oh, really? And I'm like, what is this? And they're like... This was a court-ordered thing. You have to breathe into this and test negative for alcohol in order to get the car started. Wow. So I thought, first of all, that's dumb. You could just ask someone else to breathe into it if you're drunk. Uh, Second of all, I would breathe into it, and it would fail like five times before it finally allowed me to start the car. (laughs) And I wasn't drinking. So I wonder if they, like, did they look for, like, the warmth of your breath or something? I have no idea what they look for. Because you could, I just like, know that I kept failing it. You could just like blow up a balloon at the beginning of the night and leave it in the car and then come back and untie the balloon and let the balloon blow into the thing for you. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> That's so, it's just such a stupid device. Yeah, it was dumb because it didn't work. It definitely didn't work. Yeah, on both sides. It didn't. It, it, there's so many ways to defeat it. And obviously it, yeah. was, it was kicking false positives. Yeah. Oh, well, but this uh, sheriff, guy running for sheriff, gets arrested. Did you see the picture of him? His eyebrows look like birds. <laughs> they look cartoonish. I, I didn't pick that up. Hold on. He looks like an evil villain. Look at, Okay, look at the mugshot. He's on a Batman movie, I think. <laughs> Does he not look like a villain? Here we go. Hold on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those eyebrows, there are a couple of wings or something. He's got, like... It's it's almost like a, a yeah. caricature of those eyebrows. And even when yeah. he's even when he's in uniform there. Um Yeah, he's yeah, got it there like, too. You, you <laughs> well oh, well he's still running for sheriff. He decided not to uh drop out. He didn't back down. The guy who's currently well, sheriff might isn't rerunning, so you know, he's probably got a good chance. Yeah. Um I guess, you know, People who enjoy a drink every now and then and sometimes have to drive right afterwards would think, well, this guy will be sympathetic, so... I know, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, okay, what message is this supposed to send? Yeah, we'll see a change in the way they handle drunk driving after this guy's elected. Yeah. And the sheriffs will stop pulling over random cars and testing them. I don't think they should be allowed to. I don't either. I think there I should think be. They should be allowed to do that. Nope. That's, I think there should be uh, uh, probable cause in order to interrupt your your activities. Yeah, that's that's illegal search and seizure, mm-hmm. and in a more personal way than going through your stuff. They're like going through your body. Yeah, 
I've seen them where the, all they do is they, I don't they think just it pull helps. you over and talk to you and try to get a sense by talking to you. And then if they and then if they yeah. find something, then then they say, "Oh, I had probable cause." I don't think they should be able to interrupt your your activities by pulling you over to begin with, without original probable cause, like like you're driving crazy or something, swerving or yeah. Well, even in here's the thing, even in cases where that is the case, like in some counties where they're not allowed to pull someone over without probable cause, um, they just, I mean, they make it up. Yeah. They, well, oh, you wait, were swerving I a little bit. You, well, I wasn't you know, swerving. You didn't stop all the way at that stop about? sign. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how well, much it matters. Um, There's no tyranny like petty tyranny, they say. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's all I got. That's all you got. Okay. Well, um, I I didn't get a saint. Okay, that's fine. So next week I'll have a saint. I've got some notes, but not complete. Okay. Yeah, you said we should start doing our kids' saints, but um, so my name is Eric James Engel, and I named my son Eric James Engel. <laughs> and he, okay, a saint when he James. went to get his <laughs> yeah, Saint James the Lesser. When he went to pick a confirmation saint, he picked James. I said, like, James the Greater now? James James? He said, no, James the Lesser. <laughs> so he, I said, that's already your patron saint. Yeah, I know. It's James oh, James. Well. <laughs> it's James the Second. My kid's a smart aleck. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess that gets me off of here for tonight so I can go to bed and go, go to, to Cleveland, Cleveland tomorrow because I love yeah, going to Cleveland. Absolutely. Um, and, well, think about what we said and as always and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Hey, babe. I got this morning.